Welcome to Pete's Property Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Buyers and hosted by Pete Wargent, buyers agent, finance and real estate expert, and all-round property guru, plus published author. Join Pete for 30 minutes as he chats all things property with a new guest each week. Learn practical tips from the movers and shakers in the property industry and well-known personalities sharing their property journeys. G'day, welcome to this week's episode of the Pete Wargent Property Pod. I'm delighted today to have a special guest on the podcast, Michael Murray from Byron Bay Property Search. Michael, welcome. It's great to have you on. Thanks for having me, Peter. It's a pleasure. I mean, it's been such an interesting couple of years for a lot of Australia's coastal markets. So Byron Bay or Byron Property Search is a property buyer's agency. You're based up in Byron Bay, of course. Um, So that's for advice. If you're looking at buying property in Byron or the Northern Rivers region, and whether you're a buyer or a seller, it pays to have an experienced professional in your corner. So the principal, Michael Murray, who joins us today, has got over 20 years of experience as a buyer's agent and 35 years living and working in the region. So very deep local knowledge and hundreds of satisfied clients. So, Michael, you'd love to talk about property. Uh, you could talk under wet cement, as you say. So uh, tell us a bit about your background first and your career, and then we'll come on to talk a little bit about what's been happening in the coastal markets. Yeah, sure. Pleasure. Um, so I uh, moved to Byron Bay in the mid-'80s. Uh, three of us chipped in 50 grand abroad an acreage at Possum Creek for 150 grand. We just couldn't stretch a little bit further for a, uh, a beach house at Watergoes, which at that time was 165, to give you in, uh, put you in that, uh, extrapolate uh, that out. The last two sales in Watergoes Beach were 20, around 22 mil. So the capital gain in that market has been, let's just say, extreme. So at that time, I was working as a documentary producer, and uh, I thought I had the ideal lifestyle. I was based here in Byron and would go off to exotic locations and do shoots and come back to our home in um, Possibitude and edit. And uh, but then in late, uh, about 99, 2000, I got a really bad case of chronic fatigue, Ross River fever, and that high-pressure lifestyle I was living was no longer viable for me. And coincidentally, at that time, lots of people were calling me up mainly in the arts, saying, oh, because that, during that time I was buying and selling and renovating because I'm, I'm an architecture student dropout. I've always had a fascination with um, property and renovation and building. Uh, so over that time, as well as running my uh, documentary producer career, I was also buying and selling and renovating. And uh, so it seemed that people would ring me and ask me, oh, we're moving up, can you help us? And I had no idea that there was even such a thing called a buyer's agent. I mean, at that time, I think there would have been less than 20 buyer's agents around. You didn't need a license. You could just hang up a shingle. So I started just to, since I couldn't travel or uh, work in that business, also that that business was kind of collapsing with the new innovations of uh, uh, digital cameras. Anybody could go off and shoot a film. Uh, coming out of those film schools. So um, I said, I'm a buyer's agent. And ever since then, I've been working uh, very consistently and full on as a property buyer's agent and enjoying it. 
Yes, an interesting uh, choice of career and uh, gets you out and about. I um, when I was, uh, I remember going to Byron Bay as a backpacker in the the nineteen nineties, but I certainly wasn't around thirty five years ago. I think I was still toddling around at junior school. What was what was Byron like as a uh, a destination back in those days? And um, what was it that drew you to the region? Um, yeah, look, it was mainly. Uh, well, this is one of probably the, one of the first exodus from the city pushes that were on, and at that time it was really the um, the beauty of the location and the cheap real estate, uh, unlike these days. So, um, yeah, we probably couldn't afford in the city. Uh, my partner at the time and I. We uh, wanted to get away, and we had friends up here, so we thought we'd give it a shot. Um, uh, at that time, very, very different location, very different town. It was still very agricultural. You know, the Norco Dairy was still running. The Meatworks had only just shut down in 83, and at that time, you know, before it was the Meatworks, it was a whale processing centre. So Byron at that time was still very much... Uh, uh, an old-fashioned town with, you know, uh, people riding their bikes and horses through the town wearing blue singlets and things. So it was not the hipster location that we see today by a long shot. Yeah, so if I, from memory, uh, yeah, it was it was more sort of hippie than hipster back in those days. I remember the sort of the backpackers and people smoking and all of that stuff. But, I mean, obviously these days Byron Bay has become known uh, globally as a sort of what's well, a magnificent destination, uh, I think the most easterly point on the Australian mainland, and obviously f- fabulous um, beaches and strip of coastline. Uh, what, what is it? What is it that makes Byron so good as a destination? Because um, uh, I remember years ago they used to say Bondi had kind of become famous just for being famous, and Byron seems a bit the same. Everyone seems to be drawn there these days. What What do you think it, it is that makes Byron so special? Well, I'm I'm probably biased, but um, and I, I would like to think of a place where I prefer to live around the world, and I keep racking my brain, but I can never think of it. And I think it's just mainly uh, the combination of the uh, the beauty of the uh, natural landscape, and also um, which is still uh, vibrant today that you have all of the attributes of city life, but in the country. So you have uh, great culture and restaurants and cafe and people, and it's a very, very strong community, but you're not stuck in traffic. Sometimes you're stuck in traffic. You don't have a lot of the disadvantages of living in the city, of uh, seeming to having to pedal hard just to keep your head above water. So you can have a very relaxed, interesting lifestyle without uh, having to put up with some of the inconveniences that the city has. Yeah, I think the um, uh, very similar to, to what we uh, experienced living in Noosa, I guess, the, the lifestyle and the, the landscape and the, the natural environment is, is fantastic. The cli- climate is very good. Um, I think um, certainly in the past um, couple of years, there's been a real acceleration in people with flexible working arrangements or the ability to work from home and clearly not as many people now are tied to the the city uh, chicken coop office spaces that they used to be now you um cover uh, not only byron but also 
the Northern Rivers region. So um, what is that uh, for people who aren't familiar with the region? Um, I drove through myself back in January and it just seems to get better and better. But what kind of um, other areas do you cover, I guess, from Tweed Heads and Ballina? But do you, do you also cover areas like Grafton or Lismore and Casino and so on? <laughs> Yeah, so look, my main stomping ground is Ballina the Tweed and out to Casino, Kyogle, so Lismore. But, you know, over 50, 60% of my business is actually done in the postcodes 2479 to 2483, which is basically Lennox Head to Ocean Shores, Mullumbimby, Bangalore, Brunswick Heads. So that's the, the, the um, you know, the intense area where there's a lot of demand. But I also travel outside of the Shire. I do Yamba quite a bit. Yamba, if anything, has the mantle of the next Byron Bay. And I'm always seeing, oh, this is the next Byron Bay. <laughs> it seems to be something, a label they'd like to put on, um, you know, the next up-and-coming uh, coastal town. But uh, Yamba is certainly a interesting and uh, a, a place that has the potential you know, after you and one that's been bantered around a lot as well is 1770 uh, as the next Byron Bay. That kind of is also quite common. But, you know, I, I've done quite a few purchases in Yamba for people and I can see that it's got the potential still of a um, very popular town with lots of growth potential. Yeah, one of the uh, popular strategies in real estate, uh, I guess, always was to look at the the markets that have boomed and then try and uh, see where, where that boom might be replicated next, almost like a ripple effect. And uh, yes. as you say, there are uh, some uh, coastal markets in Queensland that are a little bit the same. But having said that, many of them have already taken off yes. over the past couple of years. Before we uh, talk a little bit about um, how you can buy uh, well in those coastal markets that you cover let's let's talk about some of the risks because i guess um in queensland we get a lot of interstate buyers and obviously the we, they've got a different uh, legal framework a different land tax system now in queensland and i, I suppose some other traps that like, people who are uh, living locally might not fall into but if you're buying from say sydney or melbourne you might not be familiar with some of the, the different challenges and risks um now i remember earlier in the year we had uh uh, three weeks in in Noosa where it rained uh, literally day and night, and obviously that's been an issue further down the coast as well. So, are there areas um, that are uh, flood prone in those postcodes that you cover? And um, uh, what do you sort of uh, what what do buyers need to do in terms of due diligence to make sure they don't get picked up in some of those areas? Yeah. Um... Well, this is a huge topic. We could spend the rest of the conversation on that, but I'll just be very, very brief. Yes, Mullumbimby uh, was very much affected and parts of Ocean Shores, South Golden Beach, not as badly as Lismore. Lismore was going through the turmoil of trying to decide whether to uh, move their whole CBD to a higher area. And, um, you know, that there's still repercussions and debate and controversy going on about that. Um, you know, of course, uh, there's been a probably a 30% pullback in places that um, uh, were hit by the flood. This flood was like, uh, you know, two and a half metres higher than any flood we've ever had before. So, you know, that popular word at the moment, unprecedented. So that's probably going to get worse with climate change. 
So there's some, you know, but wherever there's problems, there's opportunities. You know, I think a town in Lismore, not so much Lismore, but Mullumbimby, is still got some uh, living livability potential, and there's capacity there to take some of these really beautiful old wooden houses and raise them a meter, and still get uh, quite a bit of usage from them. South Golden Beach is a really popular area that was hit hard as well. Um, that's also have a lot of raised houses. So, but the real crunch uh, where the rubber hits the road is insurance, and um, you know I think some people are going to be hit going forward with, you know, because some banks are finding uh, difficulty in insuring places. That I mean, if you can't, sometimes if you can't insure a place, you can't finance it. So. That's really going to be an issue going forward. Um, we're also seeing places with an insurance bill because it's not that you can't insure it, it's just how much. So some of these properties are getting like 20, 30 grand a year um, insurance bill, which kind of makes uh, the purchase or the rental of them pretty untenable. Just briefly on that, I think that there, as I mentioned already, by raising houses, there is some potential and, you know, lots of people are looking at you know, re-conditioning uh, houses to, to make them not flood-friendly but flood-resilient, and I think that's going to be a business and there's potential there for some low-cost purchasing to be in the area uh, and try to overcome the challenges of ongoing flooding. Do you want to save on buyer's agent fees? You could save thousands with Buyer's Buyers. As Australia's most extensive network of buyer's agents, we can lock in highly competitive prices. Plus, our national network of buyers agents are some of the best in the business. So get the buyers buyers advantage and talk to us today. Call 1-800-975-051 or visit buyersbuyers.com.au. There are certainly areas in southeast Queensland too that flood fairly regularly. I saw the Reserve Bank of Australia put out a technical paper a while ago talking about potentially uh, maybe 5% of dwellings at risk of flooding, but potentially uh, without worsening with uh, more extreme climate events. And then there's the debate about future development. I suppose the one risk you just need to, I suppose, cover off, because you mentioned there the insurance policies, um, it could become a bit of a self-fulfilling downward spiral for uh, sort of some markets, if people can't get insurance or the insurance is too dear, then uh, obviously future buyers are going to be limited. Um, well, let's talk about buying, actually buying well. Now, it's been a very difficult couple of years in some of those markets. Stock levels have been extraordinarily low with um, all of the demand from people buying from interstate or relocating from interstate. So how do you, um, as a local buyer's agent, how do you get a an edge on the market and help people to buy well? Look, I have to be upfront, and I am upfront with my clients. Uh, coming into the Byron market when it's a very overheated market, I, I'm, you know, I, I tell clients, I can't get you a bargain, I can't get you a deal, I can get you something. And it's quite common that I'm often telling a client, look, this property is value, I would value it 2.3, but you're going to have to pay 2.5 to get it. Are you prepared for that? Because you know, for many, uh, for especially the last two years up until February, and for many years even prior to that, you know, four out of five of my deals going through would have competitive bidding. So, and uh, the agents are kind of got canny. They're listing 
at, at market rate or slightly below market because they know they're going to get the best price, not by getting buyers to pony up to a high price, but getting people, uh, competitive bidders in through the funnel and having them fight against each other and then they're getting the best price with their vendor because uh, when people are emotionally attached, they tend to pay more. So uh, where I earn my fee a lot for a buyer is getting them ahead of the chase, more or less, getting them ahead of the pack and getting a property purchase negotiated and wrapped up before that flurry of of interest and competition heats up. So that's where really where it is. So I'm very wary of buyers coming to me. Oh, I want to buy in Byron Shire, but I want to get a bargain. I'm going to say, well, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> and But I'm maybe not your man, you know, because you have to be realistic here. So to give you an idea of the chart, uh, you know, the trend line in Byron, uh, we kind of had a tanking like everybody did in March, April, May of 2020 when the COVID hit. And we saw a kind of a, a major constriction happening. But um, as soon as that kind of passed and we had the um, potential of people working from home and leaving the city, we had two years where basically the median house price doubled in Byron Shire. We are now sitting at a median house price in 2481 of around 3.1, which is you know, much more, a million dollars higher than Sydney's median price. So we have the highest uh, median house price in Australia and probably one of the world. So it's not a place to come in where where we're at now, which has its pluses and minuses. You know, Byron is more or less on par with some of the most prestigious uh, property markets in the world, you know, like Palm Beach or eastern some of the eastern suburbs of Sydney, southern suburbs of Melbourne. You know, people call us the Santa Barbara of Australia or tropical Monaco, and I don't see that changing. So when you have a blue, a blue chip real estate market like we have here, you know, it's a it's a hefty buy-in price, but usually in the topsy-turvy world, well, like we're having now in a pullback, we'll probably pull back median house price only 5%, and already... I'm seeing that the market, you know, we've had just one of those short windows of a few months where you actually could get a bargain in Byron Bay. There are a few distressed sales going on, and um, I've witnessed a few of them, people that are having to sell into this falling market. But, you know, it kind of feels like it's warming up again now already as we're going into spring. So there's only very small windows in a place like Byron Bay where, you know, good buying is easy and there's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, you uh, kind of preempted my next question because every time I pick up the uh, the newspaper, reading about all this sort of doom and gloom and uh, the cash rate target, uh, the time of speaking has gone from pretty much zero to 2.35% and it may well head towards three, <sighs> I guess, over the months ahead. But um, I guess for somebody who's been in the region for 35 years, you've probably seen uh, some much higher uh, rates over the years. Um, uh, obviously, um, there's been a little bit of an impact in Byron, but maybe not so much. What about if um, somebody has a lower budget as a an investor or somebody moving to the region? Are, are there more affordable markets they could look at? And does anybody buy things like units and townhouses around the Northern Rivers region, or is it mainly people looking at detached housing? 
Yes. Uh, um, if you're looking for a buy, yes, I kind of try to veer people away from, you know, because the 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 Northern Rivers lifestyle dream of a small acreage, you know, outside one of our prestigious villages, is kind of really high, still highly competitive and highly always will be. But, you know, you can go out west, there's still good buying in some of the next tier villages like Altham, Durraby, Danoon, Billy Nudgel, uh, places further north, you know, anywhere between Ocean Shores and uh, Tweed Heads is still some good buying. But where the demand is, is still in a small acreage with a little bit of a view. So whenever that comes up, that's good. And it sometimes looks good online. But once you go and visit, you can sometimes see that's why buyer's agent, if you're not in the area, is sometimes essential because what you see online is uh, markedly different than what you see when you're actually there. But, you know, small cottages, small houses in one of those villages is better because once you take the heat off trying to get a, a, a small acreage and end up with a, a block, a house on a block, then there's more uh, capacity, there's more options because you're not fighting against another dozen people with a small rural acreage. When I've read in, in the media, I keep reading about celebrities uh, uh, in the region and um, uh, Hollywood A-listers uh, jetting in and out, even even through the period when us mere mortals weren't allowed to. Um, if I was to, um, and you're, you're somebody who's observed the gentrification and changes over several decades, if we were to project forward the for the the region and the outlook if we were to come back in say 10 or 20 years time um what do you think might have changed or do you just think it's just a an ongoing upwards trajectory for for byron and the, the northern rivers yeah to put bluntly yes i just think it's an ongoing trajectory because i don't know and it's possible that there's you know and, and there's always dangers but you know, if you were to use the expression of, you know, killing the vibe here, and that's possible to do, but unlikely. Um, you know, people are very protective and defensive of the community and the ecology and the environment here. So I don't see that kind of falling under quickly. But, you know, I suppose to speak negatively there is a, a downside to popularity you know you call something paradise and kiss it goodbye and there's a bit of that now and I, I you know from being here this long and watching the changes and and many pushes and waves of popularity and where it's got to now the danger that I see that could be happening is you know you say that the interest rates are rising that's that's not affecting this market at all we they, you know, the majority of incoming buyers are cash buyers here, and you know, agents even, you know, if I'm a, if I'm acting for a client and they have to uh, get finance or even a bank vow uh, before settling, you know, I have to handle it quite differently because the agents basically are going. If you're subject to finance, you know, you're at the back of the queue, so that's really not an issue here. But what is an issue? I feel is that, you know, over the many years I've been doing this, the clients that have been coming in are all kind of Byron-based in Patico, I suppose. They want to go to farmer's markets. They want to walk on the beach. They want to keep the environment as it is. And they want to join, you know, different community organizations and get involved in everything. 
there is a danger that this kind of level of finance that's coming to town are, are kind of not so prioritizing that to a certain extent. We're seeing buyers that are, have a property portfolio and they're picking up something uh, to put uh, as for land banking or property banking because they know that, you know, and it's true, you can pick up something here for five mil and in five, ten years you'll probably sell it for quite a bit more and pay the capital gain tax and it's, it's probably better than money in the bank for sure. So there's a bit of a switch happening where people might be buying for community and for the asset of being, you know, even only part-time residents here, but I think that there's sometimes a, a danger that we could be killing the gold, the, the golden goose because we're using it more as an asset-based uh, real estate market more than a community. That's the concern. But it's not – look, it would have to be very uh, extreme for that to become a long-term problem because living here is just so extravagant, extravagantly good, it's hard to make it a problem. I've certainly uh, always enjoyed my visits over the years. And, in fact, uh, I was there just uh, with the kids only in February. We stayed at Lennox Head. And a shout-out to the Lennox Head Bakery. Very good uh, morning coffee. <laughs> and uh, the kids absolutely loved it. Super place, particularly the big prawn, actually. So uh, <laughs> but, uh, the uh, far north coast of New South Wales, of course, so well known for its uh, beaches and natural wonders and the rivers so uh, michael if uh, people are interested in buying or selling in the region they want to find out more about your buyers agency services where should they go to for more uh, my website is uh, pretty simple uh, au. michael thank you so much for your insights into byron and the northern rivers region and uh, look forward to uh, catching up at an event sometime soon Thanks for your bye. Thanks for listening to Pete's Property Podcast, powered by Buyers Buyers. Don't forget to subscribe and join us next time as Pete chats all things property with a new guest. And just a reminder that the information provided in this podcast is general advice only and doesn't take into account your personal financial situation or needs. You should always consult a licensed professional to discuss your individual personal circumstances.